This your boy Jay Gibson, CEO and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And it's another edition of Late Night Boss Talk. Now, tonight I got a special guest coming through. You know, he's an EDM artist. He's a DJ. He's a producer. He does it all. Man, this yo, this dude is crazy right now, right? And he's just bringing a lot of knowledge to the game for all you up-and-coming artists, producers, DJs, people who want to take it to the next level. He's somebody who started in the basement and ended up getting his music played by Diplo on festival stages multiple times. He's been all through the industry. He's out in LA doing things. I was lucky to catch him right now since we all shut down. Then You know what I mean? I'm bringing my boy Steak Fries through and he's going to sprinkle all y'all producers and DJs with a lot of game and insight on how you can take your game to the next level. So, you know, lock in. Even, you know what I'm saying, might have some beef a little Pump. I don't know, man. Did he steal one of his tracks? Is he really, really out there? Is Pump the illest cat out in Nebraska? I don't know. We gonna get to a check-in, man. This late night balls talk. Let's put the sheep to sleep and we let the wolf pack ride. Ow! Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going That's, on? What's up? What's up? <laughs> all right, all right. This your boy. Your founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And this is Late Night Balls Talk. And I got a special guest in the building. You might have seen him at the festivals. You might have seen him all over the world. I mean, this guy's just everywhere, man. But if you ain't heard about him, you're going to learn about him here tonight. This is DJ Steak Fries. Say what's up to the what's people. What's good, everybody? What's up? It's DJ Steak Fries. How y'all doing? All right, all right. That's what's up, man. So, you know, for the people that haven't heard about you, you know, they must be sleep or under a rock or something. But let the people know what it is you specialize in. What do you bring to the uh, table? I've been DJing and producing for about six years now. Uh, pretty much got a big resume. Um, I started out DJing in Maryland, uh, Maryland and D.C. I had three club residencies in Maryland and D.C. One of the clubs was the number one club in the northeast part of America. Um, and I was affiliated with one of the number one clubs in the nation. Um, and then I broke off and started producing, uh, I produced electronic music and then dabbled into hip hop, uh, made my way over to Los Angeles, got me a manager, um, dabbled in with a couple engineers that have Grammys and, uh, started working with them and learning more, more about mix downs and stuff. And pretty much just built my resume with networking and stuff. And then now I'm over in Orlando, Florida, just starting some side projects and, and working more on music, trying to get more professional with it. So, yeah. All right. That's good. That's good, man. So for all you cats, you know what I mean? You people out there, you want to get into the music game. You want to do your thing. I mean, DJing has turned into, I mean, well, back in the day, man, I mean, the DJs had mixtapes and everything like that. Um, but you know, did y'all just took it to a whole new level now with these whole uh video sets and hitting these festivals? I think festivals have really changed the game because it's brought people from all different kinds of genres together, um, you know, for basically the purpose of loving music. So, you know, talk about that transition from seeing like you know, let's say the early 2000s and stuff where people were putting out mixtapes and SoundCloud was just starting to now. Being, you know, being able to basically start your brand right out the crib. You know what I mean? So talk about that journey as far as from a DJ slash producer slash artist. I know you guys, you know what I'm saying? And talk about the EDM genre and what people may not know 
about how that def- definitely has emerged to become the premier genre when it comes to entertainment and the clubs and the festivals. Yeah, and all I'd that. say behind the scenes, electronic music has played a big influence on music in general since the '90s. Um, so, as far as sound, a lot of a lot of EDM came from hip hop, but it also influenced hip hop as well. And and it's starting to grow back in 2009 and 2010. That's when EDM kind of hit the scene on the mainstream market. So as far as festivals, festivals started out with maybe 10,000 people, maybe 15,000 people. And now they're starting to grow to around 300,000 people a day. If you have a three day festival, especially with electronic Daisy, uh, festival that one in vegas and orlando those are two of the biggest edm festivals there is and now they're starting to book hip-hop artists and hip-hop artists are also bigger talent but like they're starting to dabble into electronic music and it's starting to grow more and more and become more mainstream i think now is the best time to become an artist and and it gives an artist the opportunity to do multiple things instead of just being a one-trick pony and you never heard of DJs becoming artists. You usually you hear a DJ or producer there in the background, but now DJs and producers have the opportunity to become an artist and be in the main point of, in main view of, of uh, people. And you can actually have fans and all that stuff, mainstream fans. And it's the best time I, I think to hit the ground running with creating content. I mean, especially with what's going on right now, this is the best time to actually start putting out content because nobody, everybody's home with this, with this uh, pandemic that we're in. So everybody's home, gives you an opportunity to make a name for yourself, start live streaming and start putting out music, gives you opportunity to get your name out there. Other eyes will see you, you know, even mainstream artists, they're looking on the internet, looking at you and all that stuff, trying, they, no matter what you think a mainstream artist isn't looking for newer talent and they are, this is the main time they're going to be looking for new talent because everybody doesn't have anything to do. So this is the main time to start doing stuff. So they're definitely looking. So I say right, right now in this age we're in right now is the best time to be a music artist since as a, like back then when it was like the nineties or eighties was a lot harder to be a music artist. You had to really hit the ground running physically to try to get your name out there. You had to go to different places to get your name out there and meet people. Now you could just meet somebody over the internet and they like you and you know, boom. So Right, right, right. And that's that's definitely, you know, how technology has changed the game. So, you know, what we like to do here is give advice to other entrepreneurs for people that's on the late night. I know you definitely are up on the late night working on your craft. And, um, you know, so what advice for somebody who's an aspiring DJ or producer to get in the game? Like, let's just deal with the producers for a mm-hmm. minute, right? So, you know, from, let's say I wanted to learn how to make beats. I mean, people are seeing some of these producer cats getting big saying with the internet and social media you know people are picking beats right off the internet and you know putting them on their album so first let's talk about you know what advice you would give to a person that's trying to get into production and then we can get into like you know what how would you market yourself and things like that yeah for production it depends there's two different avenues if you have a musical background you can transfer really easily into music because you have the ability to write music, you know, because you know how to read and all stuff. As far as me, like I started out with no music knowledge. So my best tool that I used was watching, literally I learned how to make music off of YouTube and I taught myself. Um, Once I started learning the basics on YouTube, I'd say 
I tell anybody, if you're going to start making music, start making it with house music because house music lays out down that platform of basic, you know, eight bar knowledge, four bar knowledge and how everything changes every four bars, percussion changes every four bars and eight bars. So I'd say house music is the best music to make to start out with because it's very basic and it, it teaches you also count with DJing. If you're going to dabble into DJing, it teaches you count. Um, it teaches you how to stay on bar. Um, so with produ production, I'd say if you don't have any music knowledge, I would go to YouTube and find some of the best people that produce. And there's plenty of people out there, especially Grammy award winning producers that actually go out there and teach. And I still use it today. That's one of the tools I use. If I don't know something, I just go straight to YouTube and I try to learn how to do it. And then I apply it to the knowledge that I've already learned. And then I say going out and traveling, if you can go to school for it, do it. But like going out and meeting other artists and producers, because when you work with them and collaborate with them, they'll teach you things that you didn't know. And you could teach them things you didn't know. And it just, you, you know, you pit back, back and forth and you teach each other's things you never knew, which is sharing knowledge. And that's how you learn. And it's experience. Just when you get those times where you feel like you can't create nothing, just keep pushing keep pushing, keep pushing. Once you, there's a time where I always tell everybody as a producer and an artist, you'll feel when you start actually breaking through and you can actually feel like you're actually making songs and then it gets faster right, and faster right, where you're right. you get the ability, like, it's just like, you know, starting a sport. You're not going to be the best when you first start out. You might have a little bit of skill, but you're not going to be the best. It's about putting those 10,000 hours in. And once you put those 10,000 hours in, that's when you start getting really good you start getting professional and I'm around shoot. I'm not even at my 10,000 hours. I'm around six to 7,000 hours. So like, and I just right. like two years ago started breaking through with making actual music. You know what I mean? So I've been in it for six years. Right. So it takes longer for others. It is shorter for others. Some people get it. Some people don't, you know what I mean? So it's all about trying. That's what I'd say. Just don't give up on yourself and, and have fun with it. Never compare yourself to people too. That's one of the big things I say in the industry is don't compare yourself to somebody else. Always just do you. Always stay true to yourself. And you'll make, like, you like if you got the will to do it, you'll make it. Trust me. So. Right, right, right. Now, with a lot of artists, you know, I think they go through the phase of they're in creative mode, but then they don't want to deal with the business, right? But then, mm -hmm. and not, you know, and we have managers and people that are in position to help you, but. When we're talking about as far as artists not educating themselves, I'm real big on artists basically knowing the business so that even when you hire a manager, you know, basically it's like a, it's like a partner, mm -hmm. somebody to help, you know, kind of be, I, I like call, calling it layers, like an onion. Like, you know, when you deal with an organization, you know, uh, you don't just call up and get the CEO. Like, I can't just call bad boy and get Diddy on the phone. You know what exactly. I mean? So it's yeah. like. You have to get through layers and layers. And I think artists, you know, they have, we have such an in-person uh, relationship and an open relationship with the fans that when it's time to do business, I think they don't know how to transition and put those people in position to be your representatives and to be a liaison, as they say, between what you, you know, to represent your interests when you're doing business. So talk about your journey. I know you just got a new manager. You guys are doing your thing. But just, you know, speak on that for a minute as far as from an artist's perspective of, the difference between dealing with the fans and then that cat that's telling you, yo, we can get you to the club, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yo, you the homie, yo, they retweeting all your stuff. Now they want you to do the gig for half of what you would normally charge. So just talk about that. And just in general, from the DJ side, how do you go from 
knowing when to do certain opportunities for free and when, you know, you actually need to start charging it, even raise your prices because your following is growing. And, or how will you know when it's time to do that? Well, I'd say I had a change in my career, um, especially when I got support from Diplo. It went from me doing it like all the way for fun to noticing like, hey, I actually can do this. And now I'm building my resume because I got support from one of the biggest DJs in the world. And he right. still plays some of my music on the biggest platforms. And, you know, it kind of woke me up to like, hey, this is maybe actually, you know, a business. You know what I mean? So right. when you actually change your mindset into learning that you are a product and you're trying to sell yourself, then that's why, like, if you're going to sell like a car to somebody, you're not going to downplay the car. You're going to you're going to tell the person like, hey, this car has got amazing stuff. It drives good. It's good mileage. It's good. Good on gas. Good on economy. You know, you would want to buy this car and I'm selling it for fourteen thousand dollars. You're not going to say I'm going to sell it for five thousand dollars and downplay yourself. You know what I mean? And so that where, right, that's where right, it comes right. where you know your worth. You know how much skill you have um, early on when you first start. It's kind of a fog because you don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. Is when you get exposed right. to it and when you start realizing, oh, this is how this works. Oh, this is how this works. So maybe I should start moving this way. And I got exposed to it early because I was mainly in D.C. and Baltimore. D.C. has Echo Stage. It's one of the biggest clubs in the nation, number two in the world. So the people that wow. I was dealing with were really, really high class people. For the most part, I mean, the owners, they pretty much run D.C. You know what I mean? They have right. whole, they have at least four to five clubs in D.C. So wow. when I was dealing with those people and and the engineers and, you know, the stage people, the stage crew and dealing with the promos and learning all that stuff, it kind of taught me early on how clubs work and how the business side works of entertainment. So right, when I took right, that and right. moved to L.A., I kind of knew what I was doing, like networking wise, because I was one of those persons. That I would stand by the curtain backstage and I would wait two hours to get backstage just to see everybody. And I wouldn't go straight to the artist. I would go to the people that are running everything backstage. You know what I mean? Right. And I would talk to right. them backstage. And that's how I'd say I tell everybody, like, if you're trying to, like, go to your closest venues, talk to the security guards, get friends with the security guards. You know what I mean? build a relationship with the people that are working at the club. When you do that, then it gives you access to the artists. A lot of times the artists will be backstage and they think you work for them and they'll come up to you. You know what I mean? And that's right, how I was able right. to get to know some of the artists. And then that's how I got friends with one of the artists, uh, DJ 4B. I got, I mean, we, me and him still talk, but he's got, he's gotten bigger and bigger. So I haven't been in touch with him lately, but like, he kind of like, was a nice guy to me, you know what I mean? Like one of like he felt like he was real. He's from Jersey, you know what I mean? You're from Jersey, so you know how that goes. You know, and like he felt like I it gave me that feeling like, hey, these artists are big, but they actually are normal people like me. Right. So like right, right. When I hung out with him, you know, he I had gotten his email, get the emails, get the promo emails. I sent one of my songs to him. He right happened to send it to Diplo. You know what I mean? Because okay. he was connected with okay. Diplo, and that's how Diplo played my song. So now, now let me ask you real quick: Which artist from Jersey are you speaking about? They, DJ Four B. DJ Four B. Okay. All right. Big shout to DJ Four B from Jersey. You heard me? All right. So DJ Four B got you. Got you for okay. Let's let's backtrack because I want to just make sure we emphasize that for the people. So what 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 Steak Fries is telling you right now is that you need to network and like I always tell you guys. 
the people that are behind the scenes, the people who are basically making the show happen, those are the people that um, you know, actually have have the longevity and that you need to build a relationship with because that artist is only there for one day or that one show. But that guy works at that club every week. So just to give you an example, one of my sound engineers when I first started in the game, right, is a brother named Edison. He's a legend in the game. And he actually was the soundboard man for 106 and Park. So we were mm-hmm. able to, you know, get backstage. I was able to, you know, you know, sit in for a couple episodes and just kind of see the mechanics. We up at BET and the actual sets on the studio. You feel what I'm saying? So to give you, you know, and then a lot of the contacts that I dealt with for many, many years have been the promotion people. I had a promo guy worked at Murder Inc. Records who was, you know, slide my joints on the mixtapes and the CDs that would go out that they would send to their mixtape DJs and stuff like that. So that definitely helped build the buzz. And so what Steak Fries is telling you, I'm telling you, I'm living proof of that. The people who work in the nightclubs, the people who are the promotion connect, the guy might be the security, might be the light man, might be the sound man. He has the behind the scenes access. Those people deal with different celebrities. You might have a sound guy who does a tour with uh, 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 one of the biggest groups in the world every summer. So just to give you an example of that, one of uh, the security guards for Funk Master Flex, DJ Funk Flex, big salute to him, Hot 97 in New York City, right? Mm. His, one of his security dudes um, did tours with Eminem in the summertime. Mm. So he would make about 60, 70 grand just in the summer doing security just for that one tour and then still had his, you know, uh, round the clock uh, year round work working with Flex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then he was able to start a security company and send people to different, you know, locations to work with different artists. So you can definitely build a business, um, you know, if you're an artist by networking with the people from behind the scenes. So, so we had DJ 4B, you connected with him mm-hmm. and then he had the plug. So by you following up with him, now, pay attention, y'all. This is what the steps I keep telling y'all, the steps to success. So he made the relationship. He followed up. That led to an organic uh, cosign. So when DJ4B sent that off to Diplo, right? That's what you said, right? Yeah, I had so, originally been with the trio, Be Loud. Okay. And uh, we had made a song. Shoot, we made it in, in our room with a laptop and right. speakers, just regular speakers in, in our room in Baltimore. And I sent it to him. Um, and it got released on a small sub label. Um, and he took it and sent it to what it is, is a lot of these DJs have group text messages and like, but they're okay. with their crew, especially with Diplo and Mad Decent. Diplo runs Mad right. Decent. And, you know, um, when he, when he runs it, like a lot of times these labels, they have a group text message with all the artists on there. Like, Hey, this new song's out. This person sent me this song. I think it's pretty good. Check it out. A lot of the DJs in the DJ world, they'll download it because that's weapons. You know what I mean? You always want the song that nobody has. And maybe from an underground artist, you know what I mean? You drop it, the crowd goes nuts. They're like, oh, shit, Diplo played that song and it was tight. You know what I mean? Right. Or it matches up with another song really well. So that's how, like, Diplo got my song. And a couple of his artists, Tease and all them, had gotten my song. And there was a couple times where I was in L.A. on a boat and Tease was playing and he played my song. I walked up to him. I was like, yo, that's my song, bro. <laughs> like, he just didn't know because he got it in the in that group text. You know what I mean? But, like, that also gives you opportunity to get credibility. Now Tease knows who you are. He, he can go and say, hey, I met this artist that I played his song the other day. You know, he walked up to me. You know what I mean? I was playing this 
show. Right, but right, right. One thing that I give people advice is network, network, network. No matter how much you don't know, like, shoot, my first show when I play with, there's a good story. Um, my first show, big show that I played in Baltimore, I played and I supported this artist named OK. And he had done songs with Noah Cyrus, Marshmallow, a whole bunch of people. And uh, right. I barely knew how to play on CDJs at that time. Um, with my partner like we just barely knew what we were doing but I had networked with Steve's promo which is affiliated with Echo Stage and Glow in DC I had promo I mean I mean I had work to get into with with them for a whole year they were giving me no's for a whole year sometimes just not even looking at my messages and right then one day I just linked up with somebody and they're like hey you want to open for okay and I just took the opportunity without knowing what I was doing and they liked it right they liked it so like when I did that, that was like three years prior. Just recently, I went to L.A. just to hang out with one of my friends, Randy. He's an engineer in Hollywood. And uh, I went in the studio, walked in the studio session, and OK standing right there. You know what I mean? Right. So it was like right. weird. It was like, wow, I worked myself up to this. You know what I mean? I was opening for this dude, not knowing what I was doing. And now I'm in the studio <laughs> with him. He's working on a song. I want to work on a song. You know what I mean? It's, kind right. of, it's weird how you just level up like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm one yeah, of those yeah. guys in the industry right now, especially with electronic music, where everybody knows who I am, but I just, right. I just, I'm one of those guys to know, you know what I mean? Like nobody right. knows. I have side projects that nobody knows about that I'm working on, but you know, it's just like, I found out through the industry also that the game changes every year, the game changes every year. So you got to figure out a way to make yourself pop. You know what I mean? So I realized that artists is just, changing like the game is just changing so fast so when it changes fast the old things that you think like if you catch on to a genre and you caught on to it and it's already releasing songs you're too late so you got to figure right. out something else you know what i mean right and right, like right, stick right, with right, it right. but be true to yourself you know what i mean but like make sure it's what you like but like also know that hey this genre might be dead like there's all right say for dubstep you know what i mean rhythm there are so many, it's oversaturated with so many rhythm artists now that the genre is about to go out the window for electronic music. So the new genres like house music and mid-tempo and all that stuff are coming back and techno are coming back. So, you know, it's just when something gets oversaturated, you know, like just like with the, the mumble rappers, it got oversaturated, right, right. fell off. You don't hear about them no more. You just, a couple of them survive, but you don't hear about it no more. All you hear about is like the newer artists that are more modern and it goes in sex like the music. I've learned that too. learning how music changes every four years. It just it just changes. It's weird. Like you have exactly. the range between 2008 and 2012 where Drake was starting to come into the scene and Young Money was doing really well. And then right. that changed. You know what I mean? And then you had the mumble rap era. And now you got the the era where you got the, the babies and all that stuff and little babies, you know what I mean? Like just the different sound, the more singing style of, of hip hop, you know what I mean? Or like jumping on the one hip hop, same thing with electronic music. So in any other genre. So that's another piece of advice I would give people network. Re networking is key. Making friends is key, but also knowing how the, the music industry moves and how it changes. The sound changes, because if you don't follow it, you could be a person who's put on the shelf. I feel like there's right, some people right, like right. I I ain't knocking nobody. I love Wale, but like I feel like some people like Wale, you know what I mean? Wale caught a little wave and then he started just, you know, consistently making that same style of music when it fell off. 
and he didn't make anything right. new and he wasn't clever enough to make exactly. anything new exactly. or he was stubborn enough not to make anything new. And, you know, the same thing happened with Joe Button. Joe Button will tell you that same thing. You know what I mean? He just couldn't, <laughs> he caught a little wave, you know what I mean? And then just like, didn't make any good quality. Well, it's a, right. I think it's a couple things with, um, with, with buttons, but I will, we'll, we'll dig into that in one second. I, I just wanted to recap just because what you're saying I was going over an episode, um, you know, a couple nights ago, and I was telling people that in business, no doesn't always mean no. It just means not yet. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about um, the fact that when you first were setting your joints off, nobody was listening to them, nobody was paying attention, but mm-hmm. you stayed persistent. And mm-hmm. from, through that persistence, you got an opportunity to open up for okay. And then, go, you know, you stayed on your grind, stayed on your grind. And then, you know, for it to come full circle and you walking in the studio and they're sitting right in there, you know, um, you know, I, I definitely can relate to that. Um, and then had just having those real talks, um, you know, with different artists and being able to, you know, gain knowledge, but also exchange value. You start realizing that, you know, you're no different than them. You're just on your journey. You're on your path. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times you what, what a lot of people don't know is they somehow are looking at you as new energy. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this guy, yo, might be the book bag that you have, or your boots or your, or your, you know, your hairstyle, because you're individual, you're new, you out here in the world creating, mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck in a bubble sometimes, and they have to, you know, go on tour, and they have to be this celebrity, and then they have to deal with all of their, you know, behind the scenes issues. They don't always get a chance to create. So what I would like to do sometimes is, you know, a lot of artists do that. They'll go back to their neighborhoods or, you know what I'm saying, they'll go get back in that environment so that they can get into that mind frame and, you know, the smell of the city and the, you know what I mean? So whatever genre you're in, whether you could be a country western artist, you might want to just go back home to Oklahoma or go back home to Texas and just, you know, kick it with your friends and go see something on the ranch that's going on that gives you an idea for a song. Right. Or that girl that you dated in high school and now she's a waitress at the diner. And you know what I mean, so, you mm. know, those type of deals um, help keep the creative juices flowing. And what another key point that you said was about being um, versatile and adaptability, always changing mm. with the times. I did a, um, you know, on, on one of our previous episodes, we did a series on Disney. And um, basically I talked about how every time new technology came out, they were able to change and adapt their product to meet the new technology. You know what I mean? So talk about that. Um, we're speaking of technology. You guys are basically uh, a one man show because you're not only providing the music and keeping, you know, like you said, keeping the crowd going crazy, but you have a visual experience. So you're getting a visual experience and an audio experience and then you're in a crowd and, you know, most of the time, people are, you know, let's just say, having a good time. You yeah, feel what I'm we're saying? So, we're modern-day music conductors, you know what I mean? Right. And, and, I mean, not right. only the music conductor, we're the whole, the whole orchestra, you know what I mean? Because right. we create the drums, we create the synths, the bass, and everything, like any other producer. But, like, with electronic music, I could tell you from experience, because I make hip-hop, too. Making electronic right. music is a hell of a lot harder than making hip-hop, you know what I mean? It's just because there's right, so right, much automation, right. so much sound design and, and, and mix down and engineering that goes into the sound design of electronic music. Not knocking anybody makes producing and produces for hip hop, but it's harder. But yeah, like right. being versatile, because I can tell you right now, somebody that 
a lot of mainstream people may know is Tiesto or Diplo, for for instance. They just stayed okay. with the times. You know what I mean? Tiesto's been around right. for 25 years now. And Tiesto was DJing electronic techno music back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Right. And he's still current, currently very famous in electronic music. And it's because he stayed current. I mean, I can say it's different for DJs, too, because DJs get opportunities to play every day. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, and in, in 20, like, take it, for instance, Stevie Aoki. Stevie Aoki tours. At one time, he was touring 350 days out of the year. You know what I mean? Wow. We just had the opportunities to play that much because clubs are always wanting DJs to play. You always got somebody who wants to go out and party. But Right. But, like, I'm saying, like, for any artist in any genre, staying current is key. Like I'd say, who who else would I would say? This is another reason why people knock Eminem so so much now because Eminem is an MC and Eminem will always be an MC. Eminem is a legend, but you know he's still stuck in that you know MC era of the two thousands, the early two thousands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where right. he tries to make that music now, and a lot of people just don't want to listen to it. You know what I mean? And I'm a Eminem right. was my favorite rapper. At the right. time, and I'd listen to his previous album. It's cool, you know what I mean? I respect it, but I won't listen to it again. You know what I mean? It's right, just, right, right, right. It's right. not the changing with value. the times, you know what I mean? You're not right. changing with the times. And a lot of the old head uh, rappers, they're learning that now. Like, Joe Budden's learning that. And you would think right. that would be the last person to learn that. But Joe Budden has been knowing that, like, music is changing. So he's starting to listen to the younger people. Like, And I think the one who changed his mindset on that was X. You know what I mean? Right. X kind of really right, changed right. his mindset. X was, I'd say X was a legend because the way he made music, you know what I mean? Right. Like he right, was completely right. different from all the other rappers that were young. You know what I mean? And shit, Nip, you know what I mean? Nip was changing the music, the sound of the West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. He was bringing that yeah, old man. school West Coast vibe, but making it more modern. Same with Kendrick, you know what I mean? Kendrick right, like to right, tell right. stories, but he's more modern with it. You know what I mean? That's why there's people right. like I respect J. Cole to the utmost, like, but I just think J. Cole doesn't make pick good beats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk. I mean, it's late night balls yeah. talk. We ain't gonna, you know, pull no punches. So it's this is that you know, it's just everybody has their opinion. It's not a it's not a diss, you yeah. know. Big shout to Cole, big shout to everybody out there doing their thing, the whole crew. But this is the thing, right? The Dreamville crew. So this is the thing. When you're an artist and you make beats, it, it, he evolved. He, his artistry has evolved. Mm-hmm. He's almost become like a movement within itself. I say he's the closest thing. I went, I, you know, just for my, as far as an MC mm-hmm. to Erica Badu's mm-hmm. status of having a certain aura that people, it's not just his music, that kind of his, the way his approach to the game, the way he's kind of on that Savion Glover, I'm going to just let the dreads get just nappy, don't give a damn, right? I'm on swing, whatever t-shirt, and I, you know, but I got mad bread, right? But I don't have to flaunt it. I don't, I'm not your average rapper. I think he just got tired of the materialism of hip hop and just wanted to just be on the vibe. So when, when you said that though, that is a key. When you, I tell people all the time, what you're great at is what you should focus on and then have a team around you that are specialists in different areas. So if I need a beat or I need advice on, you know, putting a mix together or like if we have an event, I'm going to come to Steak Fries to do my party. I'm not going to, 
you know, now, like I said, he taught himself how to DJ, but that's something that his, that his gut, like I always tell y'all guys, follow your gut and reach your goals. Yeah. That's something that was personal to him. Mm-hmm. If I'm just doing it saying, yo, I don't feel like paying nobody, so I'm going to learn how to DJ on YouTube, it's and just, then I'm going to do the next, it's just, right, my event. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's just like, you can't, it's like, I don't bring out my nerd side, but like, you know, I watched Pokemon when I was young. You got right. that Pokeball, you got the fresh Pokemon, you know what I mean? You got to evolve it, you know what I mean? You can't keep it young right. for long, you know what I mean? Right. So when you start something, say you start hip-hop, you got to evolve your hip-hop. It's got to change, you know what I mean? Right. You got right. to stick right. to yourself, stick to the same thing that you're doing, but it's going to evolve, you know what I mean? Right. So like me, I used to make with electronic music, there's a genre called trap music. I know it sounds weird for hip-hop heads, but it's called trap music. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. And it's hip-hop. Now, now, wait a second. I thought, because when I did see that, I thought it was a like a hip-hop version it is. of it is. ED- okay, all right, so explain it to me. Explain it to it's me. It's a hip-hop version of EDM. It has hip-hop drums, hip-hop snares, you know what I mean? Just very aggressive dubstep, you know, or maybe like hard style thing we call hard style sound so i made i made the right. hard style side of it i made hard trap and, and broad trap so it's it's, right. it's hard style it comes from europe you know what i mean europe is very like fast bpm style music yeah the bpm style is like very aggressive right yeah but we took it now just to just to hold up just to chop in real quick i think that's why uk let me i'm more i'll be interested to get your thoughts on this i think that's why uk hip-hop didn't pop off in america as fast as they wanted it to because of the dubstep um, drum loop. Well, not only that, yeah. the speed of it, the speed. Right. It's, you know, how, you know, it's the difference between, you know, hip-hop heads, like, we like a certain vibe to our hip-hop. And that's mm-hmm. what changed me, and that's where I'm getting to. Like, I made a faster version. So my right. version was very full on the floor is what we call it. It's very hard, very aggressive style music. Not a lot of people can listen to it, but some people can. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then once I stopped and I was like, this is not working, I realized something right. wasn't working. And that's another thing about being an artist, noticing when something isn't working. And I, you, it's, it's weird. It's like a chess match, man. Like, you know how I tell somebody, keep going with what you're doing, keep, keep pressing the button, keep pressing the button until you get what you want. But sometimes you also got to slide down. You got to slow down and you got to realize, oh, shit, this is not working. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? So what you got to do is realize it's not working and then figure out what works. And what I did for shit, seven months is I just dabbled into hip hop. I didn't make any electronic music. I just started learning Mm -hmm. how hip hop producers make music. And I give hip hop uh, producers credit because they make things wavy and, you know, vibey. You know what I mean? Right. That it's just got that oomph. That's what we call it. It's got that oomph to it. It's like, you know, that shit sounds fire. You know what I mean? It makes you nod your head. It makes you bounce your head. You know what I mean? It's type of music. And then I took that and applied it to my new style that I'm doing now, which I can't discuss. But, but like, classified, classified classified information. You know what I'm saying? God, you know, God kill you. But no, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, the I took it and applied it to the new style that I'm doing now. And I'm telling you, man, it's some of the best music I've ever made in my whole life. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's just because I figured out something wasn't working and changed it and turned, took all the energy I was putting in that and put it into something that was, is, is going to work. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And right, I know right, it's right. going to work because it, it just has that sound. It makes me nod my head the way I want it to. It's like, I can finally make the music that I've been itching to make. 
And I think that's right. like the the baby, like you know, they get that confidence. Like my shit is fire. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. You start getting that superpower. That superpower. Yo. You, you realize, know your shit. You is realize good. and you could step in the in, in in the lab with anybody, and you could hold your own. That's definitely a great um a great segment right here. We could segue into in business how you start your business and you just starting out. So you know you really don't know if you're that good yet. But then as you get more validation. And you start growing a, cu- a customer base, whether it's music or whether you, you know, you make sandwiches. It doesn't matter. If you do your thing and people start hearing about it, people start following it, then you get that confidence. Now, maybe let's say for a guy who's a grill, they want to be a grill master, right? And so they go into these barbecue competitions and they just get started. And then they start meeting some of the mm-hmm. bigger names in the game, right? And then they start winning and placing. Maybe not win the whole competition, but they make the top five. And then that's like, yo, I made out of yeah. 200 people, I made the top five. And people start, you know, then people start exchanging information or following you on social media and stuff like that. And next thing you know, you may win a competition or, you know, at least get that respect from your from the people who are the, the icons and the people who are the, the, the leaders in that, that field. And so that's always a great feeling when you transition from just being a person that's just sitting up at night, thinking about your ideas, right? And um, and then getting it out there and then starting to get the feedback, going through the obstacles, going through the struggle, and then finally feeling that first like feeling of accomplishment that yo and that confidence that comes with that yeah. is definitely it's priceless. Like so that's definitely a great a great point that people need yeah, to need to like pay attention to. It's a good way of putting it this way. You're on a long trip. You know what I mean? You're in the dark the whole time. You're in the dark right, the whole time with right. this long-ass road. And you only got the moon to light up the road. You know what I'm saying? You on the road, but right, sometimes you're veering right, off left. Right, you falling right. asleep. You know what I'm saying? You try and drink an energy drink. You know how road trips go. Long-ass road trip. And then right. all of a sudden, your headlights start working. And you could cut the headlights on, and now you can see straight. <laughs> All of a sudden, the sun is rising over the horizon. Right. You know, that's that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? It's maybe a long-ass haul, and you still might maybe yeah. got 4,000 miles to go when the sunlight is out. But still, at least you know where you're going now. You know what I'm saying? And now you can put it down on paper. Exactly. You know I mean? And that's, yeah. So. Exactly. And that's all the difference. When you first, you know, going, you don't know what's going to happen, but as you get on your journey, like you say, even though you know you still got a ways to go, you know you're mm-hmm. on that road. You just stay on that road, you will get there. And that's definitely a key. That's definitely a jewel that people need to uh need to listen to because it's 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 very tempting to mm-hmm. listen to the noise outside the car. Let's do it like that, right? And then also the distractions. If you just stay on that analogy, you're driving down the road, you'll see a bright neon sign, blank, blank, blank. Or you might go crawl past something where it looks like it's jumping off over there and it looks like it's jumping off over there. And you're like, yo, it'd be easy to just pull over here to this spot mm-hmm. and just chill. You feel what I'm saying? And sometimes you do need a rest stop because on any trip, you have to refuel, right? You got to, yeah. you know what I mean, go to the bathroom. You got to, you know, restock on your snacks or stop and get something to eat or maybe just take a rest. So don't be afraid to take that pit stop if you need to, excuse me, and get some rest, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, know when it's time to recharge your exactly. battery now. And boom, let's get back on this road. And and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that. So go ahead and give me your thoughts. Than- other persons or yours might be longer that's another thing time 
with this type of stuff. Right. If you're sitting here trying to get it overnight, it ain't going to happen. And if you do get it overnight, it's not going to last. I can name a whole lot of names that that happened to. Exactly. And it may be flashy at first. You exactly. might look real good for a good year or two. But, like, look at somebody like Lil Pump. I don't care what anybody says. The kid don't have no money. And, and it shows. You know what I mean? It's the it's the label that's, you know, it's the label okay. that's giving him that money. But he was a one-night, you know, one-hit wonder. You know what I mean? And he's on one trick pony. He got okay. famous off right, of me. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And off of him posting on the internet and doing stupid right, shit. Right, right. But if you go and see how the his gimmicks, numbers are doing right, when he gimmicks. puts out an album or something, it's trash. You know what I mean? Right, right. So talk about that. Talk about that, like, as far as, um, you know, what's going on, the longevity, like, they call this the microwave era. So how does an artist, you know, cash in you know would you you know they have some artists who are smart and they just got on just to kind of get the bag and then they bounce and then you got some people who are real musicians who are going to stay and have lasting power and in this era it's you know even whether we're talking about music or just products and you know things in general things are moving so fast with the internet you could be trending today and then tomorrow you never those followers never come back or you know you never get another post that really pops off like that or a movement he just kind of hit with a song that was catchy, but he didn't have really, it seems like he didn't have a formula. So give a little inside knowledge on why do you think, um, you know, artists like that are not able to, you know, because at that point you're making some money, your name is hot, you can get with some producers and they can help give you another hit. So what, why do you think most artists end uh, up becoming one hit analogies to explain things? Cause that's how I learned. But like, it's just like you're in a high school, you know what I mean? Right. It's maturity level. You know what I mean? Somebody right. caught somebody's young like him, caught a wave, you know what I mean? And it worked. He got lucky. You know what I mean? Cuz it just caught wind. You know what I mean? He caught traction. But did he understand the business side? Did he spend time working on his craft? Uh, did he spend time spending his money, you know what I mean, instead of saving it and putting it back into his craft? Right. Did he do all this? Did right. he just hire a bunch of whole, a whole bunch of people? Or right. get signed by a label or somebody and just hire a whole bunch of people that know what they're doing. And all they're trying to do is make money themselves. So they can just give you the best advice they can give you, you <laughs> know what I mean? It points you in the right way. But are you really spending time on right. yourself, investing in yourself? Or are you just doing fuck shit all the time? You know what I mean? That's the difference. Because there's a lot right. of people like that right. in the EDM right. industry too. And that's why I got a big name for running my mouth. Is because I just couldn't tolerate the shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got people just doing a bunch of fuck shit and not spending right. investing their time and actually doing this shit. And that's why there's people that last and there's people that don't last. You know what I mean? Because you got the got the Drakes and you right. got the, okay. the J. Coles okay. and you got the Jay-Z's that did their homework and actually studied this shit and are businessmen. Then you got the little pumps and the everybody, the all the ones that just don't know what the hell they're doing. They think they do because they got all the fame. You got all the right. fans. That's cool. You know what I mean? And it makes you look good. But at the same time, I can see through that bullshit. I can know, hey, you're not going to last that long. And I called it. I said, you're not going to last that long. <laughs> right. All the rest of them. Right. Designers, too. Barrett, you know what I mean? Yeah, design is interesting because I actually like <laughs> some of his other. <laughs> he had the he, one with the organ. Um, you yeah. know what I mean? And he has a different voice. Um, you know, and at first, yes, he sounded like Future. Right. But, you know. He came out with a, with a catchy song, and I think you know he kind of mm-hmm. got caught up in the label politics too, because when you think about it, 
Um, you know, that's that time. That's at a time when Kanye was kind of mm-hmm. going through his behind the scenes turmoil with the label and everything that was going on. So he was trying to really develop his good music, the next extension, because Big Sean was already established. Um, you know, Two mm-hmm. Chains came through for for a minute. Common was a legend who had already kind of had his fan base. He's not going to sell triple platinum, but he'll do a consistent goal, maybe eventually grow to platinum over time. Um, but I think designer was just new. And it kind of caught fire, but I think it was at a time when Kanye couldn't give him the well, label push here. that he really needed, and then and then he didn't have the you know he didn't have the momentum or the knowledge to know how to kind of brand himself after in, that in hip hop and in the industry itself, but mainly in hip hop because I study hip hop right. to map out what I'm going to do in electronic music. So I think there's three different categories right. okay. in hip hop. One category is the underground people like the Young Boz and everybody and the Kevin Gates. Those are the people that are completely fine with where they're right. at. You know what I mean? So they spend an amount of time okay. with their family. You know what I mean? They're underground. They're, grad- they're good to go make a bag. You know what I mean? And, you know, make their music for their fans because they right. spend time on being independent and making money. I mean, making music for their fans. Then you got the ones that are the one hit wonders who don't spend right. any time on investing in themselves and are caught up in the moment. When you get caught up in the moment, you fall off. And right. then you got then you got the ones that are right. the superpowers okay. of the industry. They're the ones that actually study this stuff and know everything about the industry before they go into it. Or at least learn it when they're in it. Right. You know what I mean? And so they become businessmen. You know what I mean? They essentially okay. become CEOs of their company. You know what I mean? And that's why they got so much money. Right. Right. All right, so definitely, you know, before we wrap up, to just to kind of talk about that very, very quickly about the importance of getting your mm-hmm. business right before you pop. And I always tell people that, like, you want to get your, your, your name copyrighted. You want to, you know, you want to trademark your logo. You want to get your copyrights, um, you know, get your, get, your, get your publishing set up. Um, so just talk about that real quick, the importance of that. Um, before you get started on your journey so that when you do pop, you'll have some ownership. Or even if you do sign a deal, you have a lot more leverage because you own your I think own it's brand. extremely important because, I mean, you set yourself up for a longevity. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a, a long race. This isn't a short race. You know what I mean? So if you want to be like a Billie Eilish, Billie Eilish, prior to it, maybe people may call her an industry plant, quotation marks. They might call her energy plant, but they don't know. Billie Eilish has been, you know, <laughs> singing for like damn near 10 years. Like when she, she was a little girl, you know what I mean? So she had been working for longevity. She also that she right. had good people in her corner. So, you know, when she come, came okay. onto the scene, she had to brand down, which brand is so important. Had to brand down, made that a business. And she had the sound, you know what I mean? And she had the marketing, the marketing. That's a whole company. Right. That's a whole ass company. So you think that you're going to make a whole ass company without right. knowing the business side of it. You, there's no way you can do it. There's no way you can do it. So you spend all right. of your energy into that. And that's why Billy Ellis is probably going to be famous until she dies because of that fact. You know what I mean? Long, you know, right. like, like long, she doesn't do anything stupid. You know what I'm saying? But like, I doubt she will, but like <laughs> you got people like Lil pump that is just like, he just caught a, a like I use him for an example. Cause he's a good example. He just caught a wave, you know what I mean? He caught a wave of people, a fan right. that fucked with the mumble rap shit. He took it and used it. It caught fire, and he didn't spend no time on the business side 
I guarantee he doesn't understand anything that's going on with his finances. Right. I guarantee he doesn't understand. Same with Blueface. I guarantee <laughs> that uh, he thinks that house is his. He thinks that Porsche he got is his. All that stuff. The jewelry around the neck is his. He thinks all that right. is his. And okay. no, it's not. Okay. You signed a contract with the label and the label owns that. <laughs> so that label can take it away. You know what I mean? It's a loan. If you don't understand anything about finances, when you go and sign with the label, you're literally essentially pulling out a loan. So you got people like the baby who match that money, who right, can match right, that right. stuff and start a business and take that money and use it. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why the baby going to be popping until he dies right. because the baby was smart about what he did. He already knew the business side coming in. Same with two chains. Same with all of them. You know what I mean? They all understood the business right. side going in. Right. You know right. what I mean? T.I. All of them. T.I. Actually, I think T.I. learned coming in. Right. You know what I mean? But. Right. Well, he definitely had a background, you know, coming from the South. A lot of those, um, you know, you know, those artists mm-hmm. are already in tune with business um, and they have people around them who, like you said, they've watched the game from day one. Um, also with his mm-hmm. wife, she was in the industry for years. So he started, if you notice his early dealings, he was, you know, kind of just building his buzz. And then once he kind of established himself, he had people that were right in his in his circle who who were connected to some of the biggest people because Atlanta at that time had definitely was establishing themselves as the premier spot for hip hop and just music, urban music. So they were able to, you know, basically connect and all come together. And he just had it. I mean, from the trap music album, you know, I like the um, the King album. Um, all of that stuff, man. And then, you know, doing the movies and transitioning into film, bigger platforms, getting more eyeballs on it. And it just kind of solidified himself as, you know, and even branding. Mm-hmm. He branded himself as the king of the South, you know, at a time when really was nobody claiming that. I mean, the dirty South was definitely killing him, but nobody has stepped out there to become mm-hmm. like basically the Jay-Z of the South. And, you know, you know, he was able to build off of that and you know take his brand to the next level so before we wrap up just you know anything you want to shout out let people know where they can find you where they could you know follow your music where they can purchase your music and you know what you mm. should be doing i know we all on lockdown right now but you know uh shout out yeah, to social media everything that you got going fries, on. anything you google steak fries with a z at the end my name pops up i'm the only steak fries in the world um so uh Anytime you Google my name, you'll see my Instagram, my social media, my Twitter, my SoundCloud pop up. Um, I've mainly been gearing towards hip hop with steak fries. So anytime somebody needs a beat, let me know. I can make anything. Um, I've been working with engineers. Well, I'm friends with engineers in Hollywood. So like when it comes to anytime I got a beat, I usually send it to them. Um, So, um, you know what I mean? Just go and follow me. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. Just hit me up in the DMs. I'll I'll hit you back. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Definitely. Definitely. So it's definitely been a pleasure having you come through. You know what I mean? We're going to have bring more fire people, people that's behind the scenes, people that's next up, people that's just doing their thing, man. This is Late Night Boss Talk. This is your boy, Jay Gibson, CEO and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And this is Late Night Boss Talk. Because if it's after midnight and you ain't up, then you ain't down. So time to put the sheep to sleep and let the wolf pack out. I'll holler at y'all next time. Arr!